Hey, everybody, this is Joe Chavaria, and you are listening to the Credit Agents Podcast. If you've gotten value out of these episodes, please, please, please rate this podcast and share with other people you think it'll help. Thanks for listening. Today, Kara Powers, VP of Sales, drops by. She's going to share with us what does it take to be a great closer, how to be empathetic, how to overcome objections you may get in your industry, all that and more. Another exciting episode of Cup of Joe. So let's get right into it. Again, joining me today is the very successful, very passionate, very empathetic uh, credit consultant, Kara Powers. Kara, thanks for dropping by. Thanks. All right. So just a little disclaimer. She is the vice president of sales at the credit agents. And um, first and foremost, I do believe that, you know, in any kind of sales role that, that you're in, anything you do, there, there needs to be a level of empathy. In, in, in every conversation. Um, so I do want to ask you, you know, what role empathy plays in, in a sales call? Can you be too empathetic, too little empathetic? Um, you know, all that and more, we're going to get right into that. But first, I want to thank our partners at Identity IQ. So Identity IQ is, if you're currently monitoring your credit through Credit Karma or Credit Sesame, any of those online free companies, you're missing out big time. And so Identity IQ will provide you with a full detailed consumer disclosure or credit report um, from all three credit bureaus, not like two, just like Credit Karma would only provide you with Equifax and TransUnion, Experian refuses to play with with Credit Karma. Um, So if you're going to start working on your credit and you need to figure out what's going on, you need to know what's on all three, what's being reported to all three major credit reporting bureaus. Cool thing is with Identity IQ, you do get your Vantage scores very similar to Credit Karma. So you get the exact same score model that's being used. So you won't see a big difference there in scores. Also, Identity IQ will provide you with a million dollar identity theft protection policy, dark web and internet monitoring, and of course, enhanced three bureau credit report monthly. This service is great. I use it for myself, use it for a lot of our colleagues here. It's a great tool to use if you're going to start repairing your credit because you need to get all the data to see what's all on the report, what's all being shared about you, what's all being reported on you, and you wouldn't be able to get as much data from Credit Karma. So for limited time, our listeners can get 35% off their secured max plan and get a seven-day trial for just a buck. So go to all3scores.com, that's A-L-L, the number three, scores.com to learn more and take advantage of the trial, plus get the discounted monthly rate. Again, go to all3scores.com to get started and monitor your credit, protect your credit, and uh, and seriously get a, get a real credit report as opposed to what else is out there that is just you know free and not really helpful. Again, all3scores.com to get the $1 seven-day trial and 35% off the monthly price. Okay, so Kara, what role do you believe empathy plays in a sales call? I think that it plays the most fundamental role. Um, Being able to connect with your demographic, with the client that you have on the phone at the time, Mm -hmm. depends entirely on your empathy level. Being able to really not just be thinking about closing the sale, but really wanting to help that person and experience what they've gone through with them. Okay. And, you know, do you think that empathy is something that you just have that you're born with, or do you think that's something that, that can be developed or can be, you know, found? Absolutely. It can be developed. I mean, I think naturally there are people that tend to be more empathetic than others, but that's not to say that it can't be a learned skill. Absolutely. I think that what's important to 
learning empathy is really putting yourself in the shoe of that client. So describe empathy. So maybe some people yeah. listening in don't really know. They confuse empathy, empathy <laughs> with sympathy, right? Yeah. So what's the difference or, or you know, between sympathy and empathy and, and, and or just explain what empathy actually yeah, is? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. So sympathy is basically feeling sorry for someone. Okay. Empathy is putting yourself in that person's position and feeling that with them. Okay. And how important do you think that is when we're talking about like a sales conversation, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're in person, over the phone, even, even via email or text, you know, mm -hmm. what role do you think empathy plays in all that? Empathy, honestly, I think it is the most fundamental thing. Probably one of the biggest roles that you can have to sales um, of any kind, particularly here with what we're dealing with is very sensitive information and people have stories and they part of the reason why they may have bad credit is because of some trauma that they've been through or some life experiences that they weren't expecting that caused them to get there. So especially for our industry, but for any industry, it's, it's, it's so crucial. Let, let's take an example. Let's, you know, maybe not looking at our industry because it's, um, you know, being empathetic in, in our industry, which is the, the credit pure industry is, is uh, to, to some degree uh, can be challenging to get to that point because you're dealing with people that have been been, been beat up mm -hmm. um, you know they've been taken advantage of many times in their life and so they have a layer of protection um, and you kind of have to get them to, to to trust you to like you to lower their defenses mm -hmm. well let's just take a different industry and let's just kind of kind of touch on that let's say let's talk about life insurance you know let me start off on that um, you know you know life insurance is boring a lot of people don't want to talk about <laughs> it but it's important right what would be an example of empathy in that kind of industry? I, I think for me, and I'll kind of start it off, you know, let's say you're dealing with a, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, a, maybe not a, not a senior citizen, but maybe let's just say a 35 year old, right? Like, you know, and let's say they're, Hey, I'm, I'm curious about life insurance. I'd like to learn more, mm -hmm. uh, which is rare, you know, in, this day and age, but yeah. you know, let's say they start off with that. Like they want, want to learn more about it. You go right into selling life insurance and talking about benefits and blah, blah, blah. Or do you ask them questions? You have to ask questions. What kind of questions would you ask somebody? You have to learn about their motivation for wanting life insurance. Okay. You know, maybe they recently had somebody pass at a young age in their family. And that's the reason why they're doing this now. I mean, that's a huge opportunity to be empathetic and really build rapport with that person. Uh, maybe it's that they recently have a newborn and they are now thinking about well, what's going to happen to this kid, you know, if I pass. So getting the motivation, asking those questions as to why are you here? Why do you want to do this? That's fundamental. Okay. So a lot of people, uh, I'm assuming, are hesitant to do that. They're afraid of that. Why, why do you think they're afraid of being empathetic or because being empathetic is not just a feeling like it requires a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, it requires sometimes some hard questions. Yeah. Why do you think some people are afraid? Well, I think that you just touched on it. It's the fact that they can be hard questions to ask. And I think that some people see it as digging is, you know, this, this, they have this negative connotation, I guess I should say that, you know, it's, it's being pushy or it's, you know, asking people to explain their situation when maybe there's pain there and maybe they don't want to. But again, you can't really help somebody. You can't have a solution if you don't know the problem first. Absolutely. Have you ever had someone that just tell you to screw off or F off because you're asking them, you know, empathetic 
type of questions? No, never. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it has happened before, but what you have to remember is that for every one person that's not willing to have that conversation, there are so many more people that are. Yeah. You know, I, in, in, you know, an interesting, you know, data point that I throw out there in the past is that on average in, in, in Western civilization, the average person, in let's just say America, for example, is listened to no more than five minutes per week. Okay. Not, not per day, mm-hmm. not per hour, um, per week, Which you know, five sad. minutes a week. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that I see that because you know, we're, we've been conditioned and somehow we've gotten to the point where we're more competitive listeners. So, you know, for example, you know, let's say you're talking about your, your son, you know, oh, my son's doing this and doing that. Uh, A competitive listener would say something like, oh, that's awesome. You know, my son is doing this and my son is doing that. I'm thinking that we found common ground and, you know, we can talk about something and we're maybe building rapport but in my opinion, a, a better, I'm just kind of bringing this back to just, just sales, mm-hmm. a great salesperson being empathetic is not going to ask, you know, or not be a, not going to be a competitive listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask you more questions. I'm going to put my personal life aside, mm-hmm. put my situations aside, and let me just focus more on you. Let me talk more about you. Tell me more about that. Oh, that's great. You know, well, what else is he doing? Yeah, uh, what else is going on? Right. Like making it more about you as opposed to, to myself going back to the five minutes per, per, per week. I believe that I see that because we're now at a point where we're very competitive listeners. We love to share information. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe that we love to share information, why does Facebook exist? <laughs> why does Instagram exactly. exist? Cause all we yeah. want to do is share everything right. and not everybody. There's probably a few, you know, percentage of the population that is not on Facebook, that's not on Instagram, refuses to get on it because they want to keep their life private. Kudos to them for doing that and resisting temptation. But, you know, I'd say the majority of our population wants to share. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's just competitive sharing, competitive listening, right? No one's really getting to know one another on a deeper level. And I think that's, that's dangerous. I think that's bad because we have these artificial relationships and we've gotten away from, you know, deep rooted relationships. Um, We've gotten so far uh, away from that. And I don't see it turning. I don't see it going back to, to that type because we have, you know, the internet where it's at today, um, social media platforms where it's at today. That's, that's just kind of, a lot of people have kind of like, accepted that as reality right. as opposed to what is, is, is really real. So, so with that said, you know, I believe that if, if it's in our nature to share, it's at our heart to share, mm-hmm. bringing this back to a sales process or just being a salesperson in general, wouldn't you think it'd be great to ask questions, especially now more than ever, you can probably have fewer people Absolutely. that are going to be offended by you asking those questions because they want to ask those questions. Facebook's already asking those questions on your, when you post a, a thing, like what's on your mind, exactly. you know, they're the ones asking the question. Oh, let me tell you what's on my mind. Here's yeah. what I ate today. Here's, here's what I believe about, you know, politics, the politicians, right. here's what I believe about it, whether we care or not, we just yeah. want to share. People want to be heard. I think is what it comes back to. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that you could be too empathetic or, or not enough? Do you think that there's a, there's a balance there? I do think that there's a balance. In a sales role, I think 
if you're too empathetic and you get caught up in the story and you lose sight of your ultimate goal, which is to, you know, make the sale to actually really help this person, you can get lost in conversation. And that's something that you have to be really conscientious about, you know, uh, also with your timeline, with your productivity, you know, you have to um, know where the conversation is headed. You have to be able to direct that and steer that. But every step along the way, you have to have that component of empathy so that you are building rapport and that you are bringing it back to them ultimately. So when you're when you're making a sales call, when you're, when you, whether it's in person or over the phone and you get, you know, hey, I'm busy right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, I can't talk right now or I'm at work right now. You know, what do you think that they're, they're really telling you and, and how do you overcome that? We'll get to that in just one second. First, I want to thank our partners at GetSecureCards.com. So if you're new to credit um, or have wrecked your credit in the past, you know, years back and you're kind of getting back on your feet, back on track, but you're finding it rather difficult for the banks and lenders to to approve you for a new loan or new line of credit due to your lack of credit or wreck credit. So how do you begin building credit? Well, you know, our friends at GetSecureCards.com can help you get the credit you need and deserve to begin restoring your credit score. Keep in mind with, with FICO scoring, you need to have, which is the most important score that exists today. You need to have at least one open trade line, one, one, one account that's open, non-collection account that's been open for at least six months. That's been updated at least one time in the last six months. That is not in dispute in order to get a credit score. Okay. So how do you get to that point if your credit is messed up? Well, our, again, our friends at GetSecureCards.com can help you choose from dozens of different secure credit cards like Open Sky, First Progress. And they even tell you everything. It tells you the underwriting guidelines, if there are any, what the interest rates are, what the fees are going to be, very transparent. And so you can pick the card that best suits your budget and your life. So to get started, go to GetSecureCards.com. Pick the credit card that works best for you. There's even some unsecured credit cards that, that are on there, some other kind of credit builder options. There's a jewelry account that's on there as well that can help you build credit um, that's non-secured. A lot of cool options on there, great tools to start rebuilding your credit. Um, so again, go to GetSecuredCards.com, pick the credit card that best suits your situation and start building credit so you can get your credit back on track. Okay, so Kara, yeah. when you're making a sales call and you get a, hey, I can't talk right now or I'm too busy, I'm at work right now. What do you think they're really saying to you? I mean, someone says, I can't talk right now, but they answer the phone. How is that possible? <laughs> That's a good question. I think the majority of the time it comes down to that person being afraid. And that's part of our job is to help them to understand that fear and to overcome that fear of building rapport, being empathetic. Those, again, are completely fundamental to doing that. But I do think that it it comes back to fear. Either they're afraid to talk to somebody because they haven't yet. Maybe they're embarrassed about their situation. Maybe they have guilt with their situation. Um, Maybe they're not quite ready to take action because they don't know the steps to take and they don't want to look incompetent. These are all things that we have to help with and empathy is the building block to that. So let's go through the process. I'm putting myself in the consumer shoes. Mm -hmm. My phone is ringing unknown number that I don't recognize, Mm -hmm. but let's say naturally I'm, I'm afraid. Like you had mentioned, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. Okay. First and foremost, why do I pick up? If I'm really at work, I'm really busy. Why do I pick up? And again, I'm afraid. Yeah. I have fear. But why am I picking up then? 
Well, I think that you're answering your phone because you're curious about who it is that's calling. Um, after the introduction is made, you know, this is Kara with the credit agents. I think that's sometimes where the fear sets in is, yeah. oh, now we're having this conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but they answered because I think that that curiosity has led them to, they want something, yeah. right? They're answering their phone. Yeah. There's a want there. I, I, I personally believe we're always looking for the next. We're always looking for, for, for the next thing, the next big thing, the next flashy toy or, or widget. And, you know, unknown number is calling in and we're in our everyday mundane lives. We're like, oh, let me see what this is. Maybe it's the winning lottery numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is a leprechaun. I don't yeah. know. Like, you know, I'm just curious because yeah. there's, there's something new and we like new shiny new toys. Mm -hmm. So we pick up, we're curious. Okay. Now you mentioned fear. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you make your introduction. You can say, Hey, I'm Billy Bob with ABC real estate. Mm -hmm. Right. And right then and there, it, that's what I think maybe that's where the fear comes in. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's when you get that, Hey, I can't talk right now. I'm at work right now. Just based on the name and company you represent. Right. I yeah. think, I think a lot of people already throw up the, the, the shield. Right. Why, why do you think that is? Why throw I mean, up the guard right there? That's our job to figure out. I think it's different for every person, but fear of making a next step, not knowing what to do, um, possibly just fear of talking to somebody that they don't know, yeah. um, distrusting, you know, a sales call of, of any kind yeah. or, or, you know, something that wasn't referred over. I think that, I think that, I think you know, there, I agree. I think it could be a multiple of things. Um, do you think people's previous buying decisions or experiences play into that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. Particularly if, I mean, in our industry, if they've been through credit repair before and they've been burned in the past, it's you're, you're already starting off on the wrong foot, right? So that's, again, our job to get them back on the right foot because they still need the service. At the end of the day, this is something they have to do. But getting them to that point is going to be a little bit tougher, but definitely not undoable. So what would you say is the novice, the beginner novice sales rep? You know, in their industry, they get, oh, I can't talk right now, I'm busy right now. What do you think they normally do, a beginner or a novice sales rep? What do you, how do you think they normally respond? Hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so you hang up and run away. They're just like, oh, I don't know how to come back to that. Yeah. Right? Or, you know, let me call you back later when's a better time. Yeah. Something like that. So they play into that, right? They're like, all right, cool. What's a... Uh, What's a better time for you? Uh, I'll schedule an appointment, you know, that kind of thing, schedule a callback. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's good or bad for the sales rep uh, and for the customer? Uh, not good for both. Yeah, okay. great question. Yeah, for that follow-up call, your likelihood of connecting with them again at a later date when something's come up and they're busy is less likely. You already have them on the line now. You have to make every, every opportunity at that moment. Um, for them, again, they still need that help. Yeah, they reached out. Yeah, I think I think uh, I, I agree. I think it's I think it's bad for for both parts. Um, you know, you're you're going to be wasting time. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be wasting their time, your time um, to them, to the consumer. When they disconnect, they know who you are, what you're calling about, and they have this pre, you know, conceived notion in their head of what you are going to do, what you're going to offer. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they you kind of go into like you know, Heisman mode, right? They're just right. stiff arming you, right. uh, you know, left and right. And then if you're not a great follow-up person either, 
so your work ethic's not that good or you're afraid to follow up because you're afraid that when, when you call them again, they're going to come to the phone and punch in the face. So you're yeah. afraid to <laughs> follow up. Then it leads to nothing. You know, then you have a person who really does need the help, who's expressed interest in the help, but you're afraid to follow up because you have this feeling that maybe they're not really that interested. You're making a, a judgment based on that conversation. So I think it's right. a bad, bad on both parts. Um, what are some things that you can do or you can say so you don't get into this position of, you know, having to follow up, not knowing that they need it or not, um, you know, wasting your time. Because what do they say? Yeah. Call me back after six or seven. And, you know, that's family time, in yeah. my opinion. But you say you call your wife or husband, hey, I'm working late, got this client that wants to call back at six or seven. And when you call them, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? They're most likely they're not going to answer. They're going to answer. Yeah. Right? So you're just wasting time you're hurting your personal life what are some things you can do when someone tells you that like i'm at work right now i can't talk right now what are, what are some ways to overcome that yeah so i mean two that come to mind the first would be letting them know why you're calling right exactly saying something uh, along the lines of okay i don't mind giving you a call back at you know a later time um but before we hang up here i just want to ask you are you still trying to get into a yeah. You know, seeing if that's even something that they're, that they're still interested in. And that also puts it on their mind like, oh, this isn't about credit repair. This is about me wanting to get that home that I've desperately wanted for the last two years. Yeah. Um, another good question to ask would be, um, hey, I don't mind giving you a call back, but I, I don't want to waste your time or mine. Sometimes I'm just really upfront with them. I'm going to say, do you actually want me to call you back? Yeah. You know, because if not, I don't want to bother you. Right. Are you still trying to get into that home? Yeah. See how far you can take that conversation. Yeah. So just being blunt and honest. Yeah. To me, because if you don't want this, you know, it is not really top of mind for you. Yeah. Or it just is not you know bad timing. If they really truly don't want it, just tell me. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't waste your time. With it's that. okay. Yeah. And I think giving people room to be able to to say that mm-hmm. and to be okay with that. Um, because I believe that a lot of people avoid that. They say, I'm at work right now. I can't talk right now or whatever, uh, because they don't want to like offend you. Yeah. They don't want to like make you upset. Right. You know, We're they, both they, tiptoeing around yeah. this conversation and neither one of us is really being straightforward with right. our wants or needs. Yeah. Like let's, let's just respect each other's time. Let's be real. Let's just call it how it is. Either, you know, you're in the market for this product or service or you're not, or you are, but like not really wanting to make a decision right now, right. whatever. Yeah. That's fine. I think it's a job of a sales rep to find that out, yeah. you know, as, as quickly as you possibly can. Um, but with kindness, with gentleness, with being a ninja, mm-hmm. you don't want to come out and just say, what do you want is or not? You know, yeah. like you know, <laughs> that's where tonality kind of plays into exactly. part as well. I think you can be considered like, you know, an a-hole if, yeah. if, if you're kind of like that or too pushy exactly. and you're definitely gonna get a no 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 i'm definitely yeah. not want this now yeah. <laughs> they're not declining the offer not declining the company they're declining the proposition they're declining you exactly at, uh, at, at that point um so you know most people associate like follow-up for example as bothering that that person do you believe that no absolutely not why not well Depending on where the source came from, they may have even reached out to you first, right? Fundamentally, what it comes down to is that there's a need. There's a need for this person. It's why, you know, they're, they're here. It's why we're having this conversation. So it's not pushing them 
to do something that they don't want to do. It's helping them to do something that they want or need. How did you get into sales? You know, how did you become a closer? How did, how did you get into just the sales industry? Well, actually, my first job was as a sales rep. I worked retail at a clothing store. And that's when I found that I just had a passion for talking to people. I just, I wanted to hear their stories. I wanted to help them. And, you know, maybe selling a pair of jeans to some people doesn't seem like, you know, a top priority, but it was fulfilling to me. Um, skip forward, you know, X number of years to where I am now. Um, working here at the credit agents, it has been just a huge uh, opportunity for growth and also just to develop that passion even further. Um, here, the process is so perfected and it, the training is so good. And the skills that I'm learning here help me not just with my job, but in my relationships in general, because what is sales except building relationships? Yeah. I, I agree. And I think everything is sales, yeah. whether you're convincing your wife or husband to, you know, or future wife or husband to marry you, yeah. to want to date with you, yeah. to take out the trash. Yeah. Um, you got to pitch it. <laughs> yeah. You got, you're selling everybody at every yeah. point, every time. So another question I want to ask is, you know, how important do you believe having a, a script or, or, or a process, no matter what industry you are in or how good you are in sales, you know, how important you believe is you know, that you that, that it is to have a sales script or, or, or a sales process. We'll get to that in just one second. But first, I want to advise our listeners to take full advantage of all of our freebies that we have. Uh, we have a seven steps to a 750 score ebook loaded with templates, instructions on how to repair your own credit, how to get pesky collection accounts off your report, how to properly build new credit, tons of content, uh, completely free, um, plus blogs, videos, articles written all on credit. And you can even get a free credit report consultation if you don't really have time to research and figure all that out. You know, you want to get a free credit consultation. Maybe have the wonderful Kara look at your credit or, you know, have one of our team members here take a look at your report. Um, go to thecreditagents.com forward slash links and you can pick from a bunch of freebies that we have, a bunch of offers that may suit what you're needing at this time. Maybe the free ebook, maybe our Facebook group, our private Facebook group, you can get access to that and see what other uh, users across the country are saying about credit and what's working for them. You can join our community that way. Uh, or you can schedule a complimentary credit consultation um, and have one of our team members take a closer look at your credit report. So go to thecreditagents.com forward slash links, choose from what you're looking for, or choose multiple things that you're looking for, and uh, we're happy to serve you any way we, pay, uh, we can. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel because every time we, we, we throw something new out there, we want to make sure you get you know full access to that. Be one of the first ones to, to listen in on any of our podcasts or YouTube videos. And so tons of content we want to continue delivering. So again, go to thecreditagents.com slash links to learn more. So Kara, I believe again, you know, how important do you believe it is to have a sales script, a sales process? Um, how important do you think it is to, to have that? The script is everything. How so? And why? For, I mean, for different reasons. If you think about it just from a training perspective, um, it's, it's more effective to just say, okay, here's your script. This is the guidelines of how this conversation needs to go. 
um, rather than here, listen to these, you know, 15 phone calls and <laughs> try to figure it out for yourself. Um, but also, I mean, I think that it helps the individual as well um, for the same reason. You know, it's it's a it's a template, it's an outline, it's a guide, if you will. Otherwise, you're just you know kind of running through the forest, just hacking at stuff as you go. But with this, it's it's a pathway that's already carved for you. You know, it's like this is our final destination. This is the cabin that we're trying to get to. Here's your path. Just follow it. Versus, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel or, or you know, again, hacking at the trees, just kind of blindly. I like that. It. I mean, you're just like, yeah, going around the forest and just yeah. seeing what gets cut down, yeah. what doesn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you use a script? I do. Okay. To this very day. Wow. All right. Yeah. And how long have you been using a script? Um, this script in particular, a little over a year now. Awesome. How do you, how do you not sound scripted? I think that's why a lot of people are afraid to develop a script or use a script because I don't want to come off scripty. I don't want to come off like I'm in a, in a call center. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you not sound scripted? Well, that's where tonality comes into play. Um, when I am on the phone with a client, I believe that they do not know that I have a script. And I've even gotten that feedback before where they're like, wait, you work in sales? Like, I thought we were just having a conversation. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but again, it's, it's using it as a guideline. You know, if you're reading it word for word, you're going to come off scripted. That's why it's so important to know where you're going. You know the fundamentals. You have all the tools that you need, the script being, you know, the, the axe, if you will, the, the most important tool. Um, but, um, yeah, that's where tonality comes into play is just making it sound like you are having a conversation. And the better that you know the script, the more natural that's going to come. Yeah. Again, coming back to why the script is so fundamental, right? Um, because, like, I have literally woken up in the morning, like, reciting the, the script in my dreams. So it's like, I, I have it memorized. And I think that that's really what helps is that I know exactly where I'm going, which just allows me to just kind of just flow naturally along the way. Good. You know, and to, to speak to business owners a little bit, um, you know, because as a, as a business owner that may be listening to this, maybe something they're thinking is, or maybe that, you know, that'd be wondering is, well, I don't have time. I, I, I know how to wing it. I know how to have conversations. I just don't have time to, to develop uh, a sales script. Mm -hmm. um, so what I would say to that is, number one, you do have time. Yes. Um, you're just <laughs> refusing sense. to make Exactly. <laughs> Uh, number two, it's simple. With technology the way it is now, record your sales conversations. You know, mm -hmm. there's programs you can use to record your calls, record your conversation. Then get that conversation transcribed. And for like 20 bucks and you get the transcription of the conversation. And you kind of like piece it together, take certain things out. Obviously, probably take the caller's conversation out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just so you kind of like the one-way side of, of the script and, and you know, just kind of edit it a little bit. Um, maybe take it to someone who does proofreading and editing. They'll probably charge 20 bucks. You find them on Fiverr. For like 40 bucks, you can get a sales script. Like yeah. you don't have to really spend a lot of time typing it out or writing it out. But I think it is important to even do that. So you kind of know, what do I want said? Absolutely. A uh, second thing too is, what if you start hiring salespeople? You know, mm -hmm. like I think that a lot of business owners who are not too strong in sales you know, one of the things that they want to do is hire salespeople. Mm -hmm. But if they don't know how to sell your product or service, or they don't know what to say or what not to say, then you're going to get a lot of false expectations. You know, your client's going to come in, your customer can come in with wrong expectations of what's actually being done. So, so I think talking to the business owner here, 
it's important. You got to make time to develop a script. You can't start bringing on salespeople unless you have a script or you have a process. Totally. Um, otherwise, you're just going to get you know a bunch of you know random stuff and bad expectations set with all your all your customers, and it's just going to be better, you know very problematic on mm -hmm. on on the other side. Uh, question to you is: Can you be successful in sales without a script or without a process? You know. I don't no, think there's any wrong right or wrong answer to that, but why do you? Why no, I don't believe. I don't believe that you can be successful without a script or without a process. Because again, it's like, where where is your structure? Maybe that idea was organic, you know. But when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, especially if you're actually building a company, um, those processes are are so important for the reasons that we just mentioned. You know, otherwise everyone's just kind of walking around in the dark, like, right. you know, what do we do? And having to, you know, come up with these things on their own, which of course some of that's going to happen as you grow naturally. There's going to be things that pop up, but again, what's the solution to that? Right. Is making a process, putting a, a standard mo in place. So that you know exactly what you need to do going forward. Yeah, and I and I totally agree, you know. And you know, at the same time, if you don't if you don't have some kind of script, some kind of some kind of structure, it's it's tough to monitor quality. It's tough to Absolutely. you know, it's tough to grow that way. And I too believe that you won't be successful in sales long term from a individual standpoint. Definitely not from a scaling perspective. Absolutely. You're going to drive yourself nuts because, you know, when you hire your first sales rep or two, you're going to get a lot of, hey, what do I say when this happens? And what about this? Or they're not going to tell you anything. They're yeah. going to be like, oh, okay, well, that, that's not a customer. Yeah. But to you, you selling it and you recognizing certain things and everything's in your head, you know how to overcome that objection. Mm -hmm. You know what to say in that point. But mm -hmm. there's no structure, nothing in writing. Don't expect that, you know, new rep to know how to do it either you know, or to do it in general. And you're gonna, you could possibly miss a lot of opportunity. Let's say you're closing at thirty to, you know, fifty percent of your potential customers, um, and everything's in your head. And you bring somebody on who has really no, you know, really very little to no knowledge of your industry, of your process, and no sales process, no sales script. Mm -hmm. They're gonna probably convert ten to twenty percent, you know, and you're, that's gonna drive you nuts. Yeah. And your business is going to suffer from that because, you know, what used to be able to convert at 30 to 50% is now converting at 10 to 20. Then you have to stop what you're doing, get back in there, become a sales rep, fire that rep. But it's just a waste of time and risk Absolutely. money and, and, and all of that. Which goes back to the first point, which is, you know, I don't have time to make a script. It's like, you don't have time to not because <laughs> you're not going to be as successful. Well, Kara, I, I uh, want to thank you for, for, for dropping by today and, and sharing your wealth of knowledge with with everybody um, appreciate you stepping in and uh, we'll see you next time all right thank you for having me all right hey guys just want to say thank you so much for listening to the credit agents podcast if you received any value of any of these episodes please 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 por favor rate this podcast and share it with other people you'll think it'll benefit. Again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cup of Joe. I'll see you on the next one, guys.